Hello, and welcome to the DevOps Podcast. Thanks for joining us. This is the show where conversations about DevOps, software development, software testing, IT operations, and everything in between flow freely. I'm your host, Noel Wurst, and two weeks ago, we were out at the DevOps Enterprise Summit out in San Francisco, California. It's just an awesome week. Saw a lot of great sessions, met a lot of really, really influential and innovative people doing some really cool things and within their own organizations. One of those was Mirko Herring, an Agile and DevOps lead at Accenture. Uh, and looking over the itinerary before the show, I chose Mirko's session very quickly as one that I definitely wanted to attend. He gave a talk called Adopting DevOps Practices for Systems of Record. Uh, Mirko has a lot of experience uh, with successes and failures, as he talked about, with DevOps at the uh, enterprise level, especially with, with legacy apps like Systems of Record. Um, his talk was incredible, but before he gave it, I got the chance to sit down with him and was joined by one of Skytap's uh, DevOps consulting managers, Kelly Looney, to talk a little bit more about maybe why DevOps is so difficult to implement in something like a Systems of Record uh, or legacy apps just in general. Uh, how to go about doing that, why you should, the challenges that you'll probably face, and a whole lot more. Really got a great idea as to as to what to expect in his talk the following day. So if you were unable to make the show, hope you enjoy this show, learn a little bit more about what Mirko's doing, and what a lot of people are doing with DevOps and legacy apps. Thanks so much for joining us. So what is it that makes systems of record uh, seem difficult or, or actually difficult to implement Agile and DevOps around? So I, I think it's pretty much as the same as people say here the, at the conference, which I already like, is that it's it's not the technology as such. The technology is a bit trickier, and I, I go into that a bit in my, my session, but I think it's the perception, right? It's It, it feels like it's something that is difficult. It, it, it's We've been doing this forever in a specific way, and you need to get over that. So I, I did a job with, with the mainframe team a while ago, and I just wanted to introduce an IDE, something that automatically checks for, for code quality and, and having the right grammar. Um, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't hear it. Right? They said, no, we've been doing this with TextPad for 20 years. Why would we introduce something new? And I think it's that attitude that makes systems of record so much harder than um, the, the custom world where you can Google it. Right? Setting up a Java continuous integration rig is something that you can Google, you can download it. It's, it's there. Right? For the other ones, you have to actually have to try harder. Right, and I think the perception and the technology challenge together make it what make it difficult. So, Mirko, on these uh, systems of record, it's hard to to make changes to them uh, incrementally. I mean, they're they're important. You want to make sure the changes are right. How do you, from an agile standpoint, make small changes uh, to to systems along uh, of those kind? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, and. Um, reality is that it, it is a bit harder, right? So when I say technology is not the challenge, it is a bit harder. Um, in in a lot of systems, you can break things up into in, into different areas of of responsibility, right? So for example, when we work with Siebel, there's a lot that you can do in the UI, a lot you can do with workflows, and those changes you can make relatively small and incremental. When you get to business processes and the the objects related to that. Um, you, you do have to plan a bit more. You have to kind of plan over a couple of iterations to make that change. But still, it's still better than the six to nine months that we used to. Right? Um, but it is, it is a more conscious architecture that thinks about breaking things up versus just doing the whole lot. 
So what are some of the benefits of, of implementing Agile and DevOps and things like that around systems of record and these, these existing applications? Is it is it purely so that they can kind of catch up with the, the other mm -hmm. side of the business as far as like a bimodal IT kind of standpoint? Or is it just because the benefits have been documented as far as, you know, speeding up time to market, uh, getting that return on investment a lot earlier than companies have, are used to in the past? Yeah, I mean, the, the benefits are pretty much the same as, uh, as with other technologies, right? So it is speed to market. Um, but I, I think there's two aspects that I find important. One is that it's in an, in, in an industry or a company where DevOps has been adopted, legacy will, will always be there, right? I mean, every company has legacy, right? And it's, it, you, you ignore that for your own detriment because what happens when you have a, a fast-moving part and you have the legacy, you, you, have, you, you get a problem with your culture, right? Because you get that kind of chasm in your own organization and it's, it, it, you will start thinking that way and it will limit the way you, you think about your architecture and your IT solutions. Right? So I think that's an important aspect. And then, and this is kind of selfishly what I think, um, it, it's for the people involved. Right? Quite honestly, there's a lot of work being done in IT that I don't want people to do. And all this kind of manual, um, risky behavior is not something that I want people to do. Right? I think people should, have, should enjoy their job and should not necessarily live with that pressure. Now, I remember um, a go-live weekend where someone just made a mistake you know, um, switching two instructions, and all of a sudden the whole release is at risk. Right? And that poor bugger um, is on the line. Yeah, and I think that, that's the other bit. And I think that it, it's not something that goes down well in business cases, but I think that's a really important aspect of what we're doing. So how do you mix um, management practices and sort of uh, um, culture, organization, uh, things that you'll, you might adopt with, with, with Scrum, so on, with technical practices? How do you decide? Um, do you try to do those at the same time? Or do you do first one, then the other? Or what's the right mix, in your opinion? Yeah, I think mix is the, the, the most important word there. Um, and I've learned that through, through experience and have the scars to show, right? That when you, when you take Agile and just make it a methodology play, and when you take DevOps and just make it a technical play, it doesn't stick, right? You get the results while, while you're there, right? So while you have some passionate people in the, in the mix, um, but as soon as you leave, it, it just goes back. Right? And I find nothing more frustrating than going back to a, a project or a client a couple of years later to do it again, right? What I think is important is you, you have to have an aggressive vision, so you have to have something that is more than a, just an incremental change. Right? If, you, I don't know, if you do six months releases and your target is four months, that's not necessarily big enough for people to get behind. But then you need to also provide a next step or a next couple of steps that are feasible. Right? And sometimes that means you, you do have to replace people, quite honestly. Like sometimes it is the leadership that, that needs to change. Um, but a lot of the time, it's just getting people behind that, that vision and showing them that it's possible. To my point earlier around perception, right? If you can, if you can break the perception, if you can sit, show people that it's possible and what is in it for them in regards to um, their, their jobs or um, even the kind of the engineering bride, right? then it's, it's, I think that's, that's an important part of it. So one of the reasons that I wanted to, uh, to talk with you is that I saw in the abstract that you were going to also kind of go into some of your own personal, uh, as you called them failures. I feel like a lot of these shows are really great for people getting up and showing how these things work really, really well and the successes that companies like you know, Target and IBM and uh, USAA and these companies have. But at the same time, if companies haven't hit those successes yet, they may actually more easily relate to failures and then seeing that those failures were able to be you know, learned from 
uh, and eliminate it. So I, I like that you were kind of incorporating that. Can you share maybe what some of those failures are that you're going to talk about in your talk? I mean, I mentioned one already, right, where um, we did a technical implementation and then the team leaves. Right. And it's, it's surprising, but the people who then maintain that, they start solving new problems with old answers. And that means you're going, you're going to start regressing. Um, so I think that was, that, that's one of the things that um, I have this, this slide. It's unfortunately not in my talk, but um, I use it sometimes to show people what my personal journey was. Right where I saw it originally, once you have a methodology like Agile, um, you have the recipe book. And you know, people just need to follow that recipe. Um, and that didn't necessarily get us to, to the end. Um, we didn't, it makes progress, but you don't necessarily get speed to market and quality unless you start changing your engineering practices. And then we implemented tools, right? DevOps as, as a, uh, another broad DevOps term. Um, and then now we have the right tools, but we still have the right, don't have the right culture. Um, so that's certainly the kind of the, the broadest failure that I, that I had to learn from. Um, the other bit that, uh, especially for systems of record, is hard is test automation. Right, so we've, I've done three different attempts at, uh, at trying it, and I've failed three times. Um, this time, we're doing it again. We're not giving up, right? Um, and this time, it looks, it looks more promising, um, partly because I think we choose a, a technology, not because the technology itself is better, but the technology is more accepted by the engineers. Um, and we, we did it with a, a very specific, aggressive vision of having a regression set run in two hours. In the past, we didn't necessarily have it. We wanted, we wanted to have automation. Um, and that led to suites that were running forever. Um, we had a regression suite that took four days, and that's not necessarily beneficial at that point. And then it became hard, and so we kind of threw out the technology, not because the technology was not working, but because the perception was just it wouldn't work. Right? Again, coming back to the point of perception, right? if you don't believe you have, right, you have the right tool, it doesn't matter how good the tool is. One of the things, I, I personally think that um, DevOps is being adopted faster than just about any big technological paradigm that I've seen uh, recently. And the reason for that, I believe, is that it kind of provides a twofer. <laughs> it gives you um, faster delivery of value. Yeah. And interestingly, and somewhat surprisingly for some people, I think it also provides a dramatic increase in quality. Uh, suddenly your systems are much more stable, suddenly you're not having to, to uh, stay awake the night before a release uh, to see what's happening. Tell us a little bit about your experiences with quality as you've moved towards a, a Dev in a DevOps direction. Yeah, I, I think what, what DevOps does, and I don't necessarily, I, I mean we, we would call it quality, but I do think it's, it's risk, right, because you're taking that risk out. It's not the, the cat catastrophe that happens on the go-live weekend, I mean as, as traumatic as that is, it's worrying about that problem, right? Right, um, and I think that's really what what it, what it is. It's also that your quality organization can focus on the real problems because what I see way too often is that 50% of the, the defects are not associated to the quality of the product, but to the process, to the environment, to to the deployment mechanism, right? So I think it's. It, it's because of that that you might get better quality. I don't necessarily believe that the engineering quality becomes better. It's just that we can focus on it, and that means we find it earlier and we have less risk and, and less noise. Right. I'd say that when changes are small, they're relatively they're somewhat easier to fix. That's, yeah. that's one of the things that I've... Absolutely, and that's, that's the other bit of, of speed, right? right. The, 
the dirty secret of DevOps, in my view, is the underlying architecture plays a huge role, right? Because all the tools that you know the vendors can sell you um, will help you, but if your architecture is a big monolith, then you're gonna you're gonna struggle, right? And that's I think the um, the really hard one, right? This is not something that you can just do an implementation on. Right? It's, e it's easy to install Jenkins, it's easy to, to use Git or whatever tool you want to use, um, but changing the architecture underneath is hard. Well, we hope you enjoyed the conversation that we got to have with Mirko Herring, uh, Agile and DevOps lead at Accenture while we were out at the DevOps Enterprise Summit 2015. Mirko and Kelly both have some great advice uh, for uh, for implementing modernization efforts like DevOps into these legacy apps. Hope you'll join us on a future episode where we'll share some more of that great advice and be joined with another innovative thought leader in this industry. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great day.